0: the Being Forces Friendly Podcast, a monthly podcast where we sit down with experts from the armed forces, government, and business to discuss engaging with defense and the mutual benefits that come from it. Um, Hello, I'd like to welcome you to the latest episode of the DRM Podcast. Uh, My name is Phil Marks, I'm one of the National Account Managers and I look after the construction and FM sectors. I'd like to introduce you to um, our subject today, which is Roger Morton. Hi there, Um,
1: I'm Roger Morton, I'm the Performance Director at Bovis Homes. Uh, We're a national house builder uh, and I'm delighted to tell you that we are a gold employee recognition scheme holder, um, one of the hundred to um, get that fantastic accolade last year and the first designated
0: um, dedicated rather house builder to, to get to that level. Well thanks for coming in today Roger, I uh, really appreciate that and uh, take the time to um, participate in this podcast. I'd like to start off by asking uh, how you feel um, to have actually you know taken Bovis on that journey to being awarded a, a Gold Employer Recognition Scheme last year?
1: Really, really pleased. Uh, I joined the company uh, back in mid-2016, my first job having joined um, uh, the civilian world, having been a Royal Engineer for 25 years. So to join a company which I knew was interested in what the military could offer uh, and find out they were starting out on the journey and were about to sign the Covenant was that was a great, a great thing for me because it gave me something to get my teeth into in, uh, into a new, um, a new role. So at the time we were looking at signing the covenant, we actually signed it down at uh, uh, Exeter Rugby Ground because Exeter Chiefs were signing as well, and uh, big, big event in in, in September, and, and it gave me the opportunity to really understand what s- the civilian world really did think of the military. So we started on that journey. Uh, the following year, um, we uh, managed to do enough to upgrade ourselves to silver. And there was some pressure on me, actually, to push for gold the following year. And I said to the chief executive, no, I think we should stop here and just pause and reflect and make sure we are good to go. Because I didn't want to go to that, that next level before I knew we were ready. And um, that was really important for me because I wanted to make sure if we were going to progress further, um, that we would have a good chance of success and we'd be doing all the sorts of things that meant we would be able to stand up and, and not just at War the War, but talk the talk and and really be a credible um, gold member. And we uh, were delighted to have that honour bestowed upon us last year. And um, uh, we've got, uh, I think, an interesting story to tell, which I hope can help others, because at the end of the day, it's all about getting more employers um, to engage
0: with the military and understand the military family in in the widest sense. So how do you feel the the award has um, been received within the company itself and by you personally? Um, well, the company was 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 so pleased to get that,
1: that award. Any award for any organisation is always uh, well received, but um, it was recognition. There'd been a lot of work done by people across the organisation at many levels, um, but also a really um, impressive national level recognition. Um, and so for the company, it was great. The individual members, a lot of them emailed me to say, this is great news, great that we're doing the right thing for armed forces and great the baby's homes is being recognized so that was great personally for me it's hugely rewarding um uh, and a great relief i have to say as well um because um for me being the focal point for the armed forces um not surprisingly as a recent uh, as a recent lever um it made me feel that um there
0: was there was worth in what we were doing and, and a, a great sense of achievement well I was going to lead me on to saying you know why did you get involved now you said you're um you know, you're a veteran yourself. Uh, was that your main driver to actually get involved with the um, the people, you know, defence people initiatives within Bovis Bo- 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 or was there something else that drove you on that?
1: No, I've always had a very strong um, feeling that military and civil um, parts of uh, of the community should should be intertwined, and, and that goes back a long way. Um, in, in the early two thousands, um, I was at, at Staff College and I wrote my dissertation on the fact there should be more interaction between military and civilians, you should have Um, uh, attachments with military going out to the civilian world and civilian coming coming in and actually there's a program similar to that now Um, when i was uh, commanding a unit i had a very strong military civilian focus so we had 300 military in in the unit 150 civilian and i was heavily engaged with the local community so i really wanted to having stepped out of the army i wanted to then ensure that that relationship continued Uh, and i wanted to give back to the to uh, to the organisations, um, you know, having left
0: one part of the community and returned as a, as a civilian, I want to ensure that relationship continued. And how's uh, how's that actually worked internally from um, the people you report to, for example? Mm. You know, how have they seen the, the the knowledge you've had for the many years you was in in the military to transferring that knowledge into home building, essentially?
1: Yeah. I, I think that's a really um, big. Uh, Benefit that civilian companies do see, the, the attitude that the military bring um, Although I was from the part of the army that, that does construction, I wasn't uh, An expert in that area. Uh, I was hired more for uh, the attitudes um, The desire to get things done the ability to, to work with limited information against tight deadlines and to form teams and really to uh, well my brief is to develop people and change behaviors So um, I think that's been hugely useful to the organisation. And that's something that that the veterans can bring to any civilian organisation, is that that's something a little bit different to perhaps what um, the majority of their their employees um, bring. But I think also there's a recognition that I would bring some knowledge of of other elements. So, for example, the huge um, depth of uh, experience that spouses bring. You know, there's there's a group of people that, uh, Are really resilient. Um, they're sometimes forgotten um, in some parts of um, the civilian workplace, uh, and they're a great resource that we can tap into. Uh, and then you know, the, the the benefits that the reserves bring. So uh, reserves, all, all um, adult cadet instructors, cadet volunteer instructors, um, with all the training they get, courtesy of of, uh, of the MOD, um, but actually those skills they bring to the workplace. So, I think there's a recognition that the whole military family, not just veterans, reservists, spouses, the whole family, um, brings something that's a little bit different, uh, which is born of their um, particular circumstances that, that they've been um,
0: uh, involved in, either in the past or, or in the present. How do you see um, both you know, your employment, uh, which is a fairly senior, senior level? Um, plus the um, the award of gold last year, how's that affected uh, recruitment and understanding from the defence people community um, and all the people you just mentioned, whether that be yeah. um, service leavers, spouses, connection structures, or even reservists. Um, do you feel that's benefited um, the wider community within Bovis Homes from a Absolutely. recruiting yeah. perspective? Uh,
1: let, let me give you an example. We wanted to do a bit of um, press, not surprising. When we, we got our gold award, and we, Uh, Went to a site where there was an uh, ex-military site manager, Uh, and when I phoned him up and said we want to come do some filming there, he said great. And I turned up, and he said actually I've been missing the military. I want to join the reserves, and that was the catalyst that got him to join uh, the reserves. I'm delighted to say he is he now joined the reserves. So so there's a very specific example, but more widely, um, we've always had quite a lot of interest, uh, particularly in the site manager front for ex-military. Uh, to join us, so we have a trainee assistant site manager programme where we take ex-apprentices or labourers or people from outside of the sector and and typically we'll have about a third of those people are ex-military. And there's been a spike of interest definitely from from the ex-military and they do very well on those courses, they are um, the sort of people that progress quickly through that and then move on to an actual permanent role. So we've had more interest, um, definitely more interest in the area.
0: Um, brilliant, thank you. Um, so, um, Bobby signed the unforced covenant back in 2016. Yeah. Um, so you would have started your employer recognitioning journey from that point. Yeah. Uh, could you just give us a, um, a little summary of, of, of that journey, how, how? how you saw it and actually progressed from that you know, from signing the covenants, getting to bronze, uh, through that silver, and then of course that jump to gold? Yeah,
1: so we we already had some, um, Linkages with the military in 2016 when we joined. So um, some examples: we had ex-military uh, uh, members of staff. Uh, we had, we had reservists, some of whom were deployed. Uh, one one of whom deployed to Afghanistan um, as a reservist and had been supported by the organisation. Um, there were some of our regions had uh, local sponsorship. Uh, I think one of the regions sponsored the Royal Air Force Rugby Sevens team, for example. Um, and and the organisation was also. Um, recognised and it wanted to engage closely and it wanted to give back to the military community so Babes Homes at the time um, started a, a discount scheme for um, service personnel both regular and reserve, to say well look we recognise your service we know that you want to settle um, and therefore we'll help you on that journey um, in a way that uh, you know will be quite significant. So that was the start of the journey that was kind of the package if you like when we signed the covenant and we achieved bronze level. It was then that I I, kept, I I arrived at that sort of time and, and and I thought about what else could we do. So I wanted to, to expand the number of people to come in from uh, the military, um, so veterans and reserves, because I know the skills that they bring. And that was recognised by senior levels of the organisation. But I also wanted to um, do a bit of work on advocacy um, because I felt it was really important that this wasn't just a uh, a single organisation, you know, sorting itself out and, and getting an accolade. It was more about uh, not just getting the badge, you're not wearing the badge, but but proving you're worthy of having the badge. Um, and so um, I started to engage as much as I could with other organisations. And s- examples were uh, a particular uh, organisation we used to bring training assistant site managers in. Um, So Salute My Job, uh, who I think are a gold um, uh, ERS holder, we partnered with them so that they would um, be able to find us good ex-military people to come to uh, the sector. So we started doing things like that. Um, I started reaching out. I I got engaged um, quite a lot with the Southeast Reserve Forces and Cadets Association because our head office is in Kent. Uh, and spoke to them and said, you know, what sort of things can I do? I well, build a sit on the REAP now. Okay, I do, yeah. yeah. So, you know, they've asked me to to uh, to continue with that. And, uh, and I've I, I continued doing that. Um, I built up a good relationship with my account manager, who was very, very helpful. Gave us ideas of the sorts of things we might want to do. Took the opportunities that were given to us of, of perhaps it might be um, leadership opportunities on courses at, at Cranwell with the RAF or Sandhurst with the Army. Um, or... Um, yeah, going and meeting people on uh, on on events
0: to understand what other companies were doing. Well, on that, I mean, um, I know through the reeb that um, uh, you got involved with mentoring. What you would argue is a rival, which is Chris yeah. Nicholson. Yeah. Now you weren't even at Gold Standard at that point, which no. is normally the bit where yeah. you're asked to, you know, mentor um, people who wish to aspire to gold. Well, you got involved with Chris Nicholson. What, what, um, what you know, what was your motivation to do that? So, Bear in mind, they are technically a, a rival of yours. Absolutely. Well, at the
1: the, uh, the house building sector uh, is is one in which there are um, some pretty um, high expectations of the numbers. Of properties that are going to be required in the future so we've got to try and um, get as many people into the sector as we can and there's a skill shortage uh, and what we need is people that uh, can will work hard are reliable don't mind being out in all weathers um, and uh, want to be team members and want to build communities
0: well that's looks quite similar to to the military, actually. So you did not see it necessary as, um, uh, as as colluding with a, no. a, a with a, a rival from a pure business perspective. No. This is about the um, the pure people piece um, uh, and and the, the personal piece.
1: Absolutely. You know, there, there was no there was no question that we were competing over a piece of land or the sale yeah. of a house, for example. We we want to get as many good quality people into the sector as we can, and so I was very keen to work with Chris Nicholson to say, well, you know this is these sorts of things you might be able to do and that's that's come back and and we've benefited from it so um the sorts of things of you know somebody sends in a, mm. a cv um and if we can't help then I'll, I'll pass it on to another house builder who perhaps is working in that area and that's the sort of thing we've done and that's where we i think we've got to look just a little bit further out and think about the the long-term aims of our sector uh, which are to get more people in, so that we can build more houses and homes and communities for people. So um, you're right; they are a competitor, but actually, this was an area where we could quite happily work together um, to the same to, to the same end.
0: Now, one of the um, um, really interesting pieces of advocacy in your nomination last year for gold was uh, some pre-deployment training that you got involved in. Yeah. Um, could you talk us through how how that happened, and then you know what yeah. what that pre-deployment training was and the outcomes? So I think the
1: first thing up front is um, I was worried at the start of the journey that we'd have to have a certain amount of reservists, a certain amount of veterans, a certain amount of spouses, um, for example. And and we don't have a lot of veterans. Um, And that's when I started to just try and think outside the box a bit. And uh, I was approached by um, a Royal Engineer unit who said, is there any way you can help? In fact, let's let's roll back a little bit further. The Royal School of Military Engineering the previous summer, um, I'd had a, a student on their Clerk of Works course. Right to say, is there any chance I could do a six-week summer attachment? That's part of their program. It's an eighteen-month course, and and in one of the summers they had to go and and work with the industry. And I said, great. So we had a senior non-commissioned officer on a Clarkwork's course on site for six six weeks, and that went really well. I, I guess the news then spread around the Corps of Engineers, and I then um, was approached by a regiment and said, we are deploying to Southern Sudan on a United Nations mission. Uh, to conduct humanitarian aid and to build a hospital. And what we need is one of our qualified clerks of work to spend some time on a site and get some project management experience day in, day out. Uh, So I looked at that, uh, put put the case up to the executive and said, I don't think there's any political uh, risk of this. It's a United Nations Blueberry mission. I think this would be a good thing to do. We identified a site which coincidentally had a Royal Marines reservist as the site manager uh, and therefore for three weeks, we had a staff sergeant come and spend time on site really getting into day-to-day project management. Um, the unit deployed off uh, to southern Sudan and um, we asked um, the staff sergeant to come back and present to us, which he duly did. Uh, and he uh, had a great presentation to a group of about 50 or 20 people explaining what they'd done, how they'd done it and how the pre-deployment um, opportunity had helped him. In that journey uh, and it was great for us because you had a lot of people in the room had
0: no idea about the challenges of deploying in such an austere environment would bring. Well I was one of the people in that room I was um, did you privileged enough to be invited along to, to, to hear him speak um, you know and I was going to ask how did it uh, affect those you know the people who were in that room as you said didn't have any real understanding of the deployment no. but the, more importantly what he learned from working with you guys, which he could then transfer to actually dealing in a pretty um, difficult environment from yeah. the way he described it. Uh, how do you think it affected them?
1: It had a big effect on them. Um, there was a, a. People were not bad when he talks about um, the challenges of, you know, an aircraft doesn't arrive. Um, that's going to be two weeks till I get those resources. I better come up and innovate and come up with a solution. Um, that was a, a real eye-opener for people. And they realized that the resilience, the resourcefulness, the innovation, the ingenuity that, that the military people have because they have to, um, is really quite a skill. In fact, uh, one of the um, construction managers there, so a sort of uh, senior uh, manager said, how can I get some of these people to join the team and, and would you like a job? Um, uh, so this was this was exactly the, the sort of thing that we wanted people to understand about the military. Sometimes there's a bit of a, a view of the military uh, and it's often far from the truth. Um, and it had a big impact on on our people. And I think for the senior NCO involved, he he recognized as well that he had an opportunity to engage in that kind of civilian environment, which is what he was gonna be working with on his deployment, um, and just understand some of the, um, the ways to deal sometimes with um, civilian
0: partners um, rather than just with military. So do you think the, the working for three weeks on a civilian site would have yeah. helped him oh, with that bit, hugely. as well as the skill sets that he'd have learned. Yeah. The the actual just dealing with civilians yes. was also a you know, major yeah. part of that learning. Yeah, there's
1: clearly some functional skill stuff that he, he got, and that was hugely mm. useful. But I think there was quite a lot about understanding when um had to deal with, with people that perhaps are um, working to a different agenda to you, or I've got different priorities, um, just the sort of things you have when you're working you know, in an austere environment in the military.
0: And I suppose dealing with the fact that Screwfix Direct uh, just around the corner from the site he was working over here wasn't going to be available yeah. in the sedan.
1: And suppliers <laughs> being, as you say, just around the corner, days days to supply, not weeks. Mm. And that's quite a quite a big difference. Mm. So it was, a, it was a very useful thing to do, and it was very different. And, and that's been our line, really. And I think this is my advice for anybody. There isn't a standard way to get... Um, through the Employee Recognition Scheme, do what you want to do. There isn't a standard. It's very, very particular to your circumstance. I'll I'll give you another example. Um, We're very keen to diversify our um, uh, workforce. So last year, so in 2019, um, it was 100 years since uh, the first women uh, got the the vote. So we did an event called 100 Years, 100 Women. And we invited 100 of our 425 women to an event and some men. Um, and um, we talked about how we might engage um, and get more people to come into um, the construction world. And um, we asked the first female commanding officer of a Royal Engineer unit to deploy an operation, it's a bit of a mouthful, to come and speak to us. And she had commanded her regiment, actually on the same operation in Southern Sudan. And she came and spoke about um, leadership, command, um, doing the, uh, the job whilst having a family and having that support, moving around the world. Uh, and she had a huge impact on everyone in the room, some of them still talking about it today. And actually one of the great things was it sparked uh, a relationship between her and one of our uh, managing directors. So at the time we had seven regions, one of those regional managing directors was female. Uh, And the commanding officer invited her up to come to a kind of Dragon's Den event they had up in the regiment where they were getting people to come up with adventure training ideas and pitching for more funds. Uh, And the managing director from Bovis Homes was one of those on the panel as a civilian member. So that's the sort of thing that, you know, it's not in the we've got this many reservists um, or, you know, we really support uh, the local unit. It's something a little bit different. So what I'd say to people is don't be scared to do something different. you need to do things different to make a difference.
0: And it's and it's obvious that um, you know, you're know you very much engaged, mm-hmm. as are a lot of your colleagues. I mean, uh, Vicky Beckwith, who I know you've worked very, very closely with, uh, on the back of the Women 100 event yeah. that you held, was actually invited to come along and speak at the, uh, the MOD uh, 100 event as well with the S- uh, Senior Civil Service. And I know she Absolutely. was very, very much um, appreciated her coming along. I mean, I know you'll be putting words into her mouth, but how do you feel she... <laughs> Uh, enjoyed that
1: event. Well, uh, um, Vicky's our head of HR, and and what's really great is is she's a civilian that is as passionate about this as as a veteran uh, in the organisation. So it's great to have two people involved in in the high level of the organisation that that want to make this work, one of whom's clearly military and one of whom's clearly not. So it's great that um, Vicky was invited to that event and to be on stage with um, Air Vice Marshal Gray. Uh, and senior um, financial people from the MOD um, w- was great. She had definitely had an effect on people. Um, I know from the feedback, and, and, and it's probably no um, coincidence, she, she was invited then to go to the Army People Conference and speak, and speaking to a number of people that I know as friends who were at that event, they, they've all come back and said that had quite an impact, how um, a civilian, civilian organisation um, has gone through a journey of huge change over the last couple of
0: years. I know the compare that had to stop the questions because they had so many for her, Mm. but they were running out of time. So clearly, you know, a major, major effect of speech. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we're we're really proud um, that we are uh, asked to to speak at those events because I I guess the message is there's a good story to tell. Um, And and that's about valuing people. And, And I think that's the crux of what the employee recognition scheme is, you know. The, the armed forces are very firmly about people and developing people and communities. Um, that is actually at the heart of every successful business. Um, and so whether it, it, it's, it's support for serving people, whether it's veterans, reservists, spouses, the widest possible family. Um, I just urge people to just think about what that is. I don't, I don't think there's a sort of set, set of boxes you need to tick. There are clearly criteria you need to meet but think about doing things in a different way. Um, and, and if you can do something which is quite different, but also keep that advocacy line as, as strong, do whatever you can on the advocacy line, then that's where I think um, you make a difference and, and you do what the government, Covenant is really designed to do.
0: Did you um, encounter any um, negatives within Bovis Homes to, to this? And, and if you did, how did you overcome those? Yeah. yeah, that's a good
1: question. Actually,
0: um, sometimes you, um,
1: so you you always have competing resources in any organisation, uh, and there are always really worthy causes. Um, uh, and whether that be charitable organisations, um, uh, the environment, um, areas of uh, of the community that need extra support, um, they're all they're all worthy. And I was worried about that because I thought this might be seen. Um, I might be seen as a little bit, you know bashing people around um, to, to bring them in line with military thinking. I was very conscious not to do that. One thing I didn't realize, and it wasn't, it was something I didn't realize until we signed the social mobility pledge, which is actually that, if you think about diversity and inclusion, and if you think about parts of the community that are perhaps underrepresented or, 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 or need to have an equal footing with everyone else, the armed forces have seen in that area by many parts of society and i had never thought that but actually if you reflect upon that and especially um, as a veteran or, or a spouse you haven't had necessarily the same opportunities as everybody else spousal employment's a really good example um, and i speak from the position of um, having been married in the army for 23 years and having had um, a, a wife and family that followed me all around the world there are not those opportunities so i had been expecting there to be, I wouldn't say backlash, but a little bit of standoffishness, but there absolutely wasn't. People said, we must recognise the service that people give and we must give them a fair crack at the whip. And so I pleasantly surprised that there that hasn't been. Um, and that was genuinely a surprise.
0: Good. Um, and really probably the last question for me really is, um, and um, for those who've uh, tuned in to listen to this podcast, what advice would you give them um, if they're starting out on this, uh, both from a you know thinking about signing the covenant, but oh. also moving across the ERS uh, support ladder? Um, what advice would you give them?
1: I, I would say, you never know to give it a go. Um, what is there to be? What was there to be lost from signing the covenant? Go and read it. Think about what it means. You, you, you are committing to do something that I'm sure that you're doing every day of the week in your business. Um, if you're a good business you're likely to be living by those values and what's what the armed forces would want from the covenant i'd also say go to the drm website and see where um the the uh, there are lists there of, of the companies which are signatories get in touch with them and speak to them one of the things that um all gold um ers uh, employees must do is advocacy and everything um every company should be doing it anyway is go and speak to them and i have regular conversations with large organisations, micro organisations, small, medium um, enterprises and say, look, wh- why, why wouldn't you sign it? Let me give you an example. We, I've worked with a, uh, a training deliverer for four or five years. Uh, it's set up by an individual who's was in um, the army, um, left about 25 years ago, uh, and gives fantastic benefits to military organisations that want to work with him uh, and hadn't signed the Covenant. Um, so I asked the question why not and, and he said a really good question and he has now signed the covenant so I would say go out and have that conversation with people don't assume that there are a number of hoops that you have to jump through there are clearly some um, some clear parameters uh, things that you have to meet um, but speak to people and think about what you might be able to do uh, and get advice either from your local Um, Reserve Forces and Cadets Association, so that's the the regional footprint around the country. Find out um, which geographical area you sit or engage with Defence Relationship Management and and ask the question because in my experience of operating both with the local organisation in the southeast and and nationally, um, the teams there are very helpful at getting you Uh, Out of the starting blocks, overcoming inertia, and giving you ideas of the sort of things that you 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 could do. So I I would just say, you know, get out there, ask a question, uh, and try and speak to an organisation that's been through the journey because it is it's a journey which um, has huge benefits for everyone involved. Uh, And you know, some of the benefits that we we have now um, are are fantastic. The opportunities that they present to you in terms of the business network are huge. Uh, and every opportunity that comes along um, for, for you as an organisation is born of the
0: fact you're doing the right thing for the Armed Forces community, and that's got to be a good thing. I know I said that was going to be my last question, but actually some of the things you've said have actually brought something else into me. You know, Bovis Homes reached um, you know the highest level of, of gold last year. What do you see as next? Um, so... The, from, from your personal yeah. perspective and from homes, <coughs> well, how, how do you keep the momentum? Yeah. What do you see is um, you know, the next thing for you? Even though it's not necessarily around yeah. the recognition.
1: No, absolutely. And any organisation um, that is doing well and, and is reaching high standards, the, the worst thing that can happen is um, is to become complacent. Uh, and so. For me, getting to gold was not about, great, we've got the gold, we've got the badge. It was about saying, like, if we've achieved that standard, how are we going to maintain it? So the process is now in place um, to do that. Actually, our company's growing, and um, that's a great opportunity to to uh, then put our arms around those new parts of the organisation and, and explain to them the benefits. So that's my uh, personal challenge as a specific, is to make sure... Uh, that they recognise the benefits are up but for me it's doing more of the same that I know is good so lots more advocacy um, trying to think of some more out-of-the-box type things that we um, w- w- we might do um, but never taking the foot off the gas and just keeping doing what we're doing well and seizing opportunities new opportunities and, and never resting on our laurels um, because it's only the getting to gold is not the end of the journey it's really the start so I One example is, uh, and anybody that's that's thinking about getting to gold is you then become part of this thing called the Gold Alumni um, Association. Um, And um, what's great about that is there's a regional footprint. So uh, I'm going to meet with um, a colleague from another organisation who's the uh, Southwest uh, representative, um, and I'm going to uh, to meet with all the other organisations based in the Southwest, which is near where I live. Uh, and find out what they're doing. So I'm gonna try and give them the benefit of the lessons we've learned. And I'm gonna gather in all of that good stuff that they've done and share that best practice. Because I think that's that's one of the things that, that we must do is if there's something that's gone well, let's go and do it. I, I use examples of the pre-deployment um, training um, quite often around the construction uh, industry to say, you, know, you can do this. There are systems in place that allow you to do it. You're not taking a risk. Um, do this and you'll get a chance and you'll see what these people are like. So um, I, I think that's what I now now must do is uh, engage at that level, um, main, maintain the level we're at, try and improve all the time, um, uh, and then help other
0: people to get to that level as well. Um, I think we've come to the end and um, I just want to thank you for your time today and to answering the questions. My pleasure. If you don't want to miss out on next month's episode, then hit the subscribe button. And if you have any questions for us or want to know more, you can contact us on Twitter at DRM support. Thank you very much for listening.